The Beacon, celebrating when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. Hey, well, greetings and welcome to a special episode of The Beacon. We are delighted that you've tuned in today. Uh, here we are on 960 The Patriot, or if you're listening via podcast, we want to thank you for tuning in. And uh, The Beacon, of course, is sponsored by Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. I have on the program again today, the superintendent, Jeff Blake, who co-hosts with me. My name is Steve Woods, and we're, we're both just honored that you're here. Jeff, let's welcome everybody. Good morning and welcome. I'm really excited for this morning's show. Yeah, we uh, have a very, very special and honored guest. We're just uh, grateful uh, beyond words to have Senator Martha McSally with us on the program today. Senator, thank you for wedging us into what I'm certain is an incredibly busy schedule and day for you today. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity to visit. Yeah, well, it's just, it's really cool to have you. And, you know, as we mentioned off the air and on the air, the show is one that uh, we just simply celebrate ways in which God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable in our lives, in our, in our, uh, this time frame and the season of everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, my goodness, there are so many things that I think all of us could look back and say, you know, maybe this isn't something I would have necessarily chosen for my life or in the lives of people that we care about. And yet sometimes even those most difficult things, God has a way of uh, repurposing or redeeming for his glory and for the good of those that are involved. Do, do you, does that resonate? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, amen, brother. I agree <laughs> <laughs> so much. I mean, that's, uh, you know, very much uh, my own journey, my faith journey and life journey. And I often you know, quote Joseph, even some of the difficult things I went through as a kid, I lost my dad when I was 12 and I'm a survivor of sexual abuse and later sexual assault. These things like almost crushed me, but by the grace of God, uh, instead they propelled me to find him and a relationship with him and, and through him find my own strength and my purpose. And like Joseph, where he said what others intended for evil God used for good. I mean, that's literally the path of my life, my life story. That's so cool. And, and, you know, such a great model for, you know, all of us at those seasons of time, where we're like, you know, what is going on? How can this be happening? And you know, that Joseph, you know, from the, the pit they put him in or the time that they sold him, you know, he had to look and go, you know, what is with my brothers? What's gotten into them? How in the world can I be receiving this kind of unjust, unfair treatment? And then, you know, to have the opportunity from prison to see God work through him and then see him and go on to be, you know, Pharaoh's right hand man. You look at that and go, you just can't make that stuff up. Right. Right. You just don't know in the moment. Right. Uh, and I, look, this has been a really hard year uh, for so many people. Um, you know, many people are just struggling with fear and uncertainty and their own health or, uh, loved ones or livelihoods. There's just a lot of uh, uncertainty. And, you know, God's not a God of fear. Right. Uh, but even as we're walking through things that we just never imagined, uh, you know, when 2020 started, that this is what we would be facing this year. It's, you know, standing, knowing there's another standing in the fire next to us. That's one of the worship songs I often listen to lately, uh, yeah. where, you know, God is with us through all this. Uh, you have no idea what he has got in store uh, in even just um, moving us to a different place or perfecting us or, you know, working something out or strengthening us. We, you just don't know. And so it's just staying in the trust, even in the midst 
um, of the of the difficulties. I just want to encourage everybody who's listening, uh, just lean in to God and just, you know, we may not fully understand what's happening, um, but continue to every day, just trust him and walk through it. And there are blessings on the other side. It may not feel that way right now. I've uh, had this experience many times in my life. Yeah, I bet. Well, that's such great counsel and so wise, you know, to to have that perspective. And the truth of the matter is in the moment, like you said, our feelings compel us in a different direction. We don't always feel that way, but there's this there's this reality, this this trust or faith, if you will, to make a decision that we're going to take God at his word, that he isn't going to leave us, that he isn't going to forsake us, that, you know, in that moment, even though we may not see it, he's still there. He's yeah. still working and he's sovereign enough that he's not surprised. We might be completely yes. shocked, surprised right. and taken back, but God's not right. Exactly. And look, you know, even just this year myself, I mean, my 58 year old brother very unexpectedly passed away this year. He's got three oh, I'm kids so sorry. and I'm, you know, in the midst of trying to do everything I can to help people in the pandemic and, you know, save the country and yeah. <laughs> that we continue to have our freedoms and, and all of a sudden just this two, two by four comes and because of the cruelty of this virus even having to go tell my 86 year old mom that her son's with the lord uh and then because of the restrictions and the precautions you know spending time with her but then having to leave her because her independent living facility wouldn't allow anybody in there it's just cruel and we were able to have a um, a modified, you know, funeral uh, memorial for him. And I sang at his wedding and then I sang at his funeral. And it just, I mean, the depth of the grief and the loss is very real for me this year, but it is propelling me in the, in the midst of, of that suffering, which so many people are going through right now. Right. So like, God, I know you got this. I know he's with you. Uh, and I just got to continue to walk out my calling and, and it's strengthened me to continue to fight for the future of his kids uh, right. and everything um, you know that I put my life on the line for. So even in the midst of of the grief um, which many of us are experiencing this year, God is still there and right. can still strengthen you to get through every day, not just get through, survive, um, but to see clearly you know what your call is for each day because every day is a gift. I learned that when I lost my dad, when I was a kid, every day is right. truly a gift. Let's live it. Like it's our last as a blessing. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, again, so sorry for your loss yeah. and, and wouldn't pretend to be able to imagine or understand the, the depth of that grief to lose a brother. So many are going through it is the yeah, point. And, you know, I just share that to say, I, I understand. Well, you know, and it, it, it's interesting, you know, to Senator, because I think that most of us who live uh, lives that are not uh, as public as yours wonder sometimes because we see the things that we're exposed to in terms of what's important on the on the front of where you work and, and what you're dealing with. Yeah. But we don't often have the opportunity to know that there's a there's a life that parallels ours that's very yeah. personal, <laughs> personal at the same time. And and even though our workplace is not televised by networks, right. you know, um, our, person, our personal yeah. lives are, you know, have some yeah. common denominators. And unfortunately, pain and, and death is one of those things. And you know, I heard the statistics are incredible that it turns out that one out of every one people will die. <laughs> you know, and so it's we, it's we know it's conclusive. <laughs> the evidence is in and it's conclusive. And so 
you know, I, I think that when I hear your story and I hear other stories and, and even our own that maybe are difficult in the season, I think the only thing worse than maybe going through some of those difficult things would be a going through them apart from the knowledge of a sovereign God yes. who's in control or B going through them and missing the opportunity to gain what it is that God might want to teach us or, or change in us through those difficult times, you know? I totally agree. I think about, you know, I, I didn't come to a personal relationship with God until I was a sophomore at the Air Force Academy, wow. uh, you know, after losing my dad and really struggling with the grief. I mean, I went, my, I came from a family of faith, you know, went to church, um, went to worship, but it wasn't personal, personal right. to me. And then after losing my dad, you know, I just was angry at God, asking yeah. a lot of questions and you know, those are difficult years, but, you know, God was chasing me down and, and gracious in those times and propelling me, you know, towards my own purpose. And I can't even imagine, um, you know, going through the, the life that he's called me to flying in combat, you know, commanding <laughs> men and women in combat, you know, without that faith, without that, you know, praying without ceasing um, right. in, in the midst of, you know, sometimes extremely difficult circumstances, uh, but giving strength, you know, to not be held back by fear, to give courage, to give, you know, uh, clarity and wisdom uh, as, a, as a leader where men and women's lives were in my hands. I can't imagine going through that without God, without my faith. Uh, and in Washington, D.C., it's even more important. I mean, literally praying without ceasing um, in the moment um, of what we're dealing with as a country. Uh, you know, once a week, I, I try to at least once a week run down the National Mall and uh, go to the Lincoln Memorial, read the Gettysburg Address, uh, yeah. say hi to Abe. And then, yeah. I, you know, I look back at the Capitol through the Washington Monument and I just pray for our country. I pray for the president, the vice president. I pray for everybody who's serving, um, you know, pray for unity and wisdom. I release my frustration. This is a very frustrating place. Sure. And, and replace it uh, with gratitude, you know, asking God, give me, continue to give me a heart of gratitude. I have to do that daily and sometimes hourly and moment, <laughs> you know, moment by moment here to, to have a heart of gratitude, not frustration in the opportunity uh, to serve. And so I can't imagine um, the journey I've been on without the Lord in my life and without the opportunity to continue to learn and grow um, with his amazing grace and wisdom. Well, as, as a couple of constituents to, to one public servant, let Jeff and I express the gratitude um, that we have and that our audience has to you and to others who uh, have made themselves available. And I think that's really kind of what it comes down to. You know, oftentimes the Lord isn't nearly as interested in our abilities or our credentials as he is in our availability. Yeah. And, you know, hey, if, you know, here am I, send me, Lord. And if this is the path that you've put me on to the best of my ability, I'll be faithful with it. And I think that's what I hear in your story. And, and that's really, that's encouraging for, for all of us. And I hope it, um, you know, is the, is the source of that gratitude that you can make every effort to steward the opportunity that God's given you, but then release the results to know that, that he's God and we're not. And, exactly. you know, that we're there to, to be faithful um, as Joseph was in the example that you referenced, just to take whatever hand we've been dealt um, at, the, at that time by a sovereign God and make the very best of it and, and live a life that hopefully is the most pleasing possible to him and, and serves the others around us the best because they're made in his image and he loves them. And, and you know, we're called to, 
to care at that level, right? That's exactly true. Uh, I mean, um, you know, just showing the love and the grace of God and the compassion to others uh, it is just so critical as we walk out each of our callings. And you're right, it's just being available, being a vessel. You know, I'm honored to be in this position at the beginning of, um, at the end of every year, I don't do like New Year's resolutions or anything, but sure. I do spend some time thinking and, and praying and writing down and sometimes really feel like there's a few you know, words that are, you know, just really, um, God gives me for the year. And I often put them up on sticky notes on my bathroom mirror. And before the turning of 2020, before we had any idea, uh, what we were going to be facing, um, I, I, the words for this year were peace, joy, and gratitude. And who knew how much we were all going to need that. For sure. For sure. Well, hey, if you just happen to be tuning into 960 The Patriot and you're listening to our program, we have a special guest, Senator Martha McSally. Please come back in our next segment. We'll unpack a couple of those three words for her for this year. The Beacon is presented by Phoenix Christian, a school celebrating excellence in education since 1949. Learn more at phoenixchristian.org. Hey, well, we want to welcome you back to this segment of The Beacon. We want to thank Phoenix Christian for sponsoring our program. We want to thank 960 The Patriot for airing us every week. And of course, you can hear the, the Beacon, and maybe you are today listening through podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, today we are incredibly honored to have with us uh, Senator Martha McSally. Again, Senator, we just want to thank you for making time to be on the program today. Oh, it's been a wonderful conversation. Uh, it's great to just be with fellow believers and just, you know, a, a time of encouragement for each other. Well, that's our prayer. We're hoping that you'll go away uh, encouraged and that we're praying that God will give you the endurance that's needed for the race that you're uh, you're running at this time and for the season that you're in. And, you know, as we talked about at the end of last segment, you know, who knew the words that you put uh, in front of you were going to be so critical for for this season. Uh, it's interesting. We talked a lot about God's sovereignty. We talked a lot about the fact that uh, he's in control, even in those times when we feel out of control, he's not caught off guard. He's exactly, uh, you know, on his throne and in charge of what's happening. And, and it's up to us to be, to be grateful, uh, in and out of those times when we're comfortable. And, uh, and so, you know, as we've heard the story of how God has sustained you, how you came to a personal relationship with him, your sophomore year at the air force Academy, um, bring us forward to, to today. We talked about the story of Joseph and how that related yeah. to your early uh, life story. What what story from scripture might connect with you today? Well, um, I want to share really my life scripture, which comes from Esther 414. And, and uh, this came when I was, you know, breaking through barriers uh, to be the first woman fighter pilot to fly in combat. And that transition was not an easy one. We were not very welcomed by everybody. And I was trying to just show that, you know, the plane doesn't care if you're a boy or a girl. And I was deployed and I I was over in Kuwait and I saw that uh, our service women in Saudi Arabia were being forced to basically comply with local Saudi Muslim rules that they had to sit in the backseat of the car and they had to wear a full black Muslim abaya and headscarf. It didn't apply to me. But I saw that and I just like, I really felt a conviction that this is wrong. And as I struggled with whether I should stand up and try and do something about it or whether I should just, you know, walk by the problem, 
um, I call back to a Bible study leader and he encouraged me to read the book of Esther and we can, you know, your listeners can uh, tune in and, and read the book of Esther, but I'll tell you, it comes down to, I'm no Esther, but the scripture that spoke to me, Esther was in a position where she had to take a risk uh, in order to save her people. And she was given a place of favor as the queen. And as her cousin who raised her, cause she was an orphan said to her, can it be that you were put in this position for such a time as this, Esther 414? And that verse just really spoke to me. Could it be that I was given the opportunity to fly A-10 warthogs, to break barriers uh, for women, to serve as an officer and a leader, not for, to meet my dreams, but to have this moment to be a voice for the others who didn't have a voice? And that verse propelled me on an eight-year journey against the establishment to overturn this. Um, culminating in uh, a lawsuit against the Pentagon, Martha McSally versus Donald Rumsfeld. And then I got a law passed as a civilian. I was on a one-woman lobbying campaign to overturn it once and for all. It's an unbelievable story of eight years, but God really carried me through all that. Each decision, each hard moment of sacrifice was do the right thing. And I feel now uh, that's not just the verse for me. Can it be that I was put in this position for such a time as this? Uh, this is not about me. I'm honored to be serving Arizona and fighting for Arizona, but we are at a moment in history uh, where decisions are going to be made and are being made about what kind of country we wanna live in. And Arizona is ground zero to protect our freedoms, our way of life, opportunity for everybody, safety and security for our families. And my verse for Arizona is, can it be that we were put in this position for such a time as this? We're ground zero right now to save the country. We all got to just walk out our part. Wow, that's really, really powerful. Jeff, respond if you would, please. Yeah, I just appreciate and admire your, what we celebrate around Phoenix Christian is a living curriculum. And Senator, you're, you're the embodiment of that, fighting for justice. Um, our girl, our school has tons of girls in it. And I just admire your fight for their liberty and their justice and opportunity. I want to thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. God bless you guys. Yeah, it's just been been awesome. I want to ask you one last question, and then we'll we'll turn you loose. And I know you've got uh, other engagements right behind us, so we don't want to keep you beyond our our uh, our time frame. But my last question for you is just, hey, how can the listeners, how can Jeff and I, be praying for you, your team, and and maybe Washington in general, uh, in these days and weeks to come? Well, I'd ask you to pray for the country. We're at a divided time, uh, but we are at a tipping point and our very fundamental freedoms, our constitutional rights, religious liberties, equal opportunity, everything that I put my life on the line for is at stake. So I'd encourage you, pray for the country, pray for the voters, for them to not be deceived. There's a lot of deception out there. There's a lot of lying attack ads about me. Uh, I am a, a person with a heart of service trying to fight for others, continuing to fight for others. And I'm standing on the wall to fight for you. Um, so, you know, grateful for the prayers for me, but pray for the country, pray for the state, pray for the voters that they really see what's at stake here. And they have that wisdom uh, to make a good decision for their future and the future of their kids. We will. And you know what we'll do? We'll continue to, to be thankful, uh, you know, based on your model, we'll continue to ask God to make us grateful and we'll continue to celebrate regardless of our circumstances, because we know he's in charge. So Senator Martha McSally, thank you. We're honored by your visit. We're grateful for your service and we wish you well. Wonderful, thanks you, God bless you. All right, thanks for being with us. Bye-bye. Well, so Jeff, as we continue this segment, having had the opportunity to uh, visit what I would consider to be the, the front lines of some of the most important history being made and uh, maybe in the, the history of this, the states, the United States of America, it's been really great to have the senator with us and uh, 
really interesting to kind of peel back the layer that we all see and is presented to us through, you know, various media outlets to talk to a real person, right? You hear her story, her conviction. Um, I was not aware of the loss that even that she experienced this year. No, uh, how would we have known, right? No idea. No, and here she is journeying through an election year. Um, that's an, just the loss of a, of a sibling is a brother, more, right? Right. And persevering through it, sharing that news with her mother. Um, and she was right. I think I don't know if she mentioned it on air or off air. She says, we're just people, you know. Yeah. And and I appreciate your affirmation of availability. And you do sense um, her determination to pursue her convictions. I was not aware of the lawsuit that enabled her to to be the first woman fighter pilot in combat. I mean, that just helps so much better understand her and her narrative and her leadership. Well, and of course, that lawsuit led to others serving in those areas where they didn't have to uh, to wear certain garments that would inhibit their ability to to serve, you know, I mean, very specifically, it wasn't just for her benefit, but for the benefit still today of so many that have followed her that are deployed in areas like that, uh, that were being asked to wear garments that men didn't have to wear and there was no conversation about it. So the liberty that came and the, uh, the equality that comes out of that effort on her behalf, what a pioneer. Um, you know, really encouraging to have her on the program. And, and we want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning into The Beacon um, for this episode and others that you listen to. We're grateful that you listen to the program and we're thankful that you've tuned in today. When Jeff and I come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how Washington, D.C. has a connection with him personally and how, uh, you know, depending on the Lord's plans, we could have been interviewing him as a, a senator today rather than Martha McSally. But uh, come back in this next segment. You don't want to miss that story. Uh, it's interesting to hear how God has led and orchestrated the path for Jeff Blake and Phoenix Christian, who sponsors The Beacon. Thanks for tuning in today. The Beacon is made possible by Phoenix Christian and listeners like you. Hey, well, we want to welcome you back to The Beacon today. Uh, if you're just tuning in, go back and listen to the beginning of this episode so you can hear Senator Martha McSally, her faith journey, her story of uh, how God has been with her through the ups and downs of life. And even in today, uh, in the middle of a, a critical you know, uh, election race that she's a part of, uh, it was really an honor to have her. I also have with us today, as usual, my, my co-host and partner in crime, Jeff Blake, superintendent of Phoenix Christian, who sponsors... The Beacon. Jeff, what do you think about that time together with uh, Senator McSally this morning? That was really amazing. You know, I'm, I'm a history major. Um, and when you, you understand who someone is better by understanding their story and all the events that, that came together to culminate the good and, and, the, and the difficult and the rough that culminate to be define who they are. And so fascinating to hear a little bit of her story, some of the loss that she's experienced, her determination, her career, her faith journey, which she was super transparent about. That was really neat and great to give her a platform to share that dimension of who she is, which we just, as you have pointed out, we're not privy to that kind of stuff. No, you're right. And the truth of the matter is, you know, if she's bold enough to share her faith in some sort of a mainstream method, she can be considered a wacko or a nut and shut down. And, you know, to have a a safe place like the beacon where the whole point of the show is to talk about how God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable it gave her the context to really speak freely. And I sense that maybe that was refreshing for her to have a, a chance to talk, not just about the important 
things because that's all she does is important things, but to talk about the most important things in uh, in the sake for the sake of eternity. Didn't you get that same sense? I did, and especially in her assertion of Esther four fourteen, where she really understands that she's been given an opportunity, given a platform for this time and this place for a specific reason, and she's living into that. And I, my sense, listening to her, is that's that's a story that's unfolding for her. What mm-hmm. God has for her in the moment, and what God has for her on the horizon, and that she's living into that that biblical truth, and so that you know brought me incredible peace for her as a leader, um, and for those as you as we pointed out earlier and celebrated with with um, her champion of women's rights when she was in the Air Force, pretty neat. And who who would ever dream that she'd have a God encounter at the academy? That's just a whole nother. <laughs> You know, I suspect when you're going Mach 5 with your, you know, upside down or something, <laughs> a lot of people have a God encounter, you know? I mean, like, I'm thinking at some point, you're probably like, all right, well, if I'm going to if I'm gonna do these things that uh, most regular humans aren't doing, maybe I'm going to need a supernatural power. If I'm relying on myself, that could be a short trip. Right? And, there's, and there <laughs> she is, right? That's, that's, that's a great point. And there she is serving among men. And I'm sure men of... Um, uh, men that are strong and not afraid to assert right, their a fair amount of bravado among those that are fighter pilots. I'm guessing, right? I was. I mean, thinking I saw that she was I, I saw the movie. I get it. I know there's there's a lot going on up there. And anyway, for her to break into that circle as a as a woman and a strong woman and one who uh, really did shatter a you know a barrier that was not just the sound barrier you know when she flew, but a barrier that was invisible but but truly there. Um, imagine all of the women fighter pilots that look back on the fact that she was the first woman in combat and realize that she paved a, a way for them, um, that they they now walk on freely. And, and I'm certain, let's not pretend that all the barriers are gone. I get it. There's still uh, much to be done as it relates to equality, but uh, really fun to get the chance to talk to somebody who is a pioneer on that road. Really, really neat. Really cool. But here's the little known secret that people that know Jeff Blake may or may not know. And that is that we could have just as easily been interviewing Senator Jeff Blake from Arizona today had God not redirected his path. Talk a little bit about your history of Washington, D.C. You bet. Well, Steve, I, I, I'm a proud graduate of Grand Canyon University. But when I was there, a lot of my professors began to notice some qualities in me and really encouraged me to apply and seek uh, participation in a program. It's called the American Studies Program. And it was a program put on by the Christian College Coalition as it was named at the time. But it was a program that accepted about 40 students um, at a time to come and live in in the district, right on Capitol Hill. We lived on 327 8th Street. It was right behind the Supreme Court building. And the intention would be is that you spend um, the the first portion of your day, the morning through the early afternoon, interning in the district, uh, and there was a networking of Christians that we were able to connect with, and then the evenings you would study, but the whole intention of the program was what they referred to as your your wiggle room, to to better understand the the environment in D.C. and to find your space to, to, to apply the kingdom of God, and to let college students live into that mystery, and what does that look like? Well, that must have been an incredible experience, you know, as a wide-eyed, you know, uh, college-age young man to go into that environment. Uh, it had to be enlightening in many different ways, some of which were probably really positive, some of which probably felt a little negative. And, uh, and yet, when we come back in this next segment, we'll continue to unpack that a little bit, talk about that time that you spent there, how God redirected your steps, um, and how, in, and in fact, he used the unexpected 
to do the unexplainable in the life of Superintendent Jeff Blake and how he did some of that work with the backdrop of Washington, D.C. and how as a history major and a teacher and now a superintendent, you continue to draw from those experiences. So if you're listening to The Beacon today, uh, we're honored to have had as our guest, Senator Martha McSally. Jeff and I are going to continue the program. We'll continue in our, our next and final segment here in just a minute. Please come on back and listen to the final segment. Phoenix Christian believes strongly in its rich history and bright future. Now equipping students from pre-K through 12th grade. Learn how you can help continue its legacy of Christ-centered education at phoenixchristian.org forward slash support. You're listening to The Beacon, presented by Phoenix Christian. Hey, all right. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment today. If you're listening via 960 The Patriot, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you're catching one of our podcasts, uh, we're so glad that you've chosen to listen to this issue. We hope you were encouraged um, by the, the story of faith that we heard through Senator Martha McSally by uh, the, the way that she draws uh, endurance and the way that she draws uh, strength from uh, a character in the Bible named Esther that you can read about. And uh, we just, uh, we're grateful that you tuned in. Jeff, we were talking a little bit about DC. That's kind of the theme for the program today and how your story winds its way through Washington, DC after graduating from Grand Canyon University and that time that was spent there. At what point when you're going through the program that you were a part of at Washington, DC, did you feel like, okay, I'm here and, and this is, God's going to reorder my steps. This is not it. There's a, there's a change. I thought maybe. And so I came here out of obedience and I'm looking for what God has for me, but maybe what he has for me is something different. Do you remember that, that moment or a series of moments that led you to redirect uh, back to Arizona? I do. You, you know, when you first get there, you're surrounded um, in the program. Even though I was surrounded by a lot of Christian um, students, there is there is still a lot of um, passion, uh, pursuit, ego, um, and I that was something I really wasn't ready for. It was uh, the school of fish of, of the students and the young people that I was swimming with, um, how aggressive they were, aggressively pursuing their career. So that was sort of a first eye opener. I'm not sure I quite fit in that culture. But one of the things that that happened, uh, really a number of things. One was when I was interning at the same time, simultaneously, there was a revolution unfolding in Nigeria. And the group of teachers that were investing in us and discipling in us, they uh, were aware of an individual that was in leadership in Nigeria. In fact, he was in line to be the next vice president of the country. He was a professing follower of, of Christ. And there were death threats from the Muslim community really on his life. And so this group gathered him, gathered the funds, gathered the resources to, to get this guy out of the country. And they wow. brought him and he actually, his name was Larry Agostino. He became our teacher. And in one portion of our studies, we are studying how does God, where does God's truth fit into um, foreign policy? Is the, is the Americans relate with other countries? Is there an opportunity to really apply biblical principles Larry, really interested in foreign policy, was very committed to the biblical concept of shalom and, the, and a mm. biblical concept of peace. And he would teach on it. So we get home in the evenings. Classes would last about two to three hours. I was so enthralled with his passion, his energy, his zeal that I would go up to him after the lessons um, and ask to go if I could spend more time with him. He'd often invite me into his home for a meal with his wife, who had also been 
brought to the United States. And he would just really invest and teach. And I, I can't really tell you specific elements of what he was teaching me, but I can tell you that's loud and clear in my heart, even right now, is the kind of person that he was that had taken the swan dive into being completely defined by a relationship with Jesus Christ. And his love and his zeal and his joy came out of him, even after having left his, his homeland. So that living curriculum, in addition, there was one other um, pivotal moment that the Lord used. Didn't I can't, he used an unexplainable thing to make the shift. But uh, Steve Garber, Dr. Steve Garber, um, brought me into his office one day. He was one of the, my professors. And he said, hey, I see you're earning you know, straight A's, but I just don't feel like it's a good fit for you here. I, don't, I see you as doing th- something different. And he says, I tell you what, there's a neighborhood learning center downtown right off, right on Capitol Hill. There's some inner city kids there that, that need taught. He says, when I watch you share ideas, I watch you get really excited. Mm-hmm. And he says, maybe God's prepared you. And so I started volunteering, teaching a little guy in, in I can't remember if he's in third or fifth grade. His name was Michael. And I started teaching him math, fell in love with teaching. Mm-hmm. And, and so you know, I had a moment to come home back to Arizona, shifted things around at Grand Canyon, but then I had a chance to go back in a second opportunity for an internship. Keep in mind that all the while I'm there, I'm networked with really sort of an underground networking of Christians seeking to intentionally live out the kingdom of God in the district, in their different dimensions of influence. And so God was really showing me, I'm on the move. It's not always as perceptible as you would think, but you need to trust for all I remember sitting in my bunk bed at night in tears. I had never growing up in Phoenix at that time. I'd never really been exposed to homelessness in mm. the district. There's a ton of it. How is the Lord? How is the Lord deal with us? Why does he allow it? Grappling with it, grappling with all the issues that were being thrown at us. How is the, how does my faith even answer any of this? And really going through a crisis of faith while surrounded by an army for me, sort of a, a modern day Hebrews 11 hero of faith sure. type folks. All that came together imperceptibly. I'm not sure I can exactly define the moment, but I saw, I began to see that education was the path by which to change the world. Wow. And so from that moment, um, you come back, obviously you, you go into the field of teaching and you go to work at a, a small private school in Phoenix, which you know, if, if we're, if we really do a fair analysis, looks nothing like the district that you cut your teeth in. It's a lot of middle-class and above, uh, Caucasian kids, uh, that, that don't look much like what broke your heart on that bunk bed that day. Now cut to, uh, what some, uh, 25 or pushing 30 years later, you're the superintendent on the same campus, but with a completely different missional uh, setting. Do you ever hearken back to think how much the melting pot that God has beautifully orchestrated at Phoenix Christian today reflects those district moments when he first set your heart on fire for, for teaching and making a difference in the world? It's it's amazing and it is a miracle and I'm here to attest and, and draw all energy and spotlight to the living Lord that he uses all these different experiences that we journey through to prepare us for the moment that we're in. Um, the mistakes that we make, the, the moments when we almost 
probably more so the mistakes we make mm-hmm. and the moments when we get it right and the experiences you don't even know he's doing it but when you look back on it it's a it's a tapestry that you only have a really beautiful vantage point when you turn around and, and look back at it for example um i came home was really enthralled with the idea of education, teaching history. And so I had an opportunity to go study at Oxford University. And so I mm-hmm. studied at Keeble, Keeble College, Oxford University. While I'm there, that very same group of networking of Christians who were able to connect me with opportunities in DC on a couple of occasions were there, helped me get settled in. And the minute I saw one of my teachers, I said, tell me what happened to Larry, I miss him. Mm. And they said, Jeff, there's something that you should know that Larry, um, Larry's wife became homesick she went back to Nigeria, he went after her, and it wasn't very long after he got off the plane that he was assassinated. And so mm-hmm. one of the one of the huge pillars in my life is I can tell you that I know personally a martyr for Jesus Christ and someone mm-hmm. who embodied the, that passion and commitment. And so here he is a teacher, he's changed my life. I come back, change things around at DC. And in Phoenix, I get a call after I graduate, 10 days later from a school I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm come down, sit in the very office I'm sitting in right now, offered the job on the spot, race home to mom and dad, who've paid for me to go all over. (laughs) (laughs) Came home, I brought these these adventures that we've talked about, Oxford, DC, these are not inexpensive uh, sojourns. No, this this is probably a really good place to thank mom and dad, who I know are faithful listeners for investing in their son and paying paying my way wherever I asked to go, they found a way to do it. And so you're offered a position. You're super excited to go home and talk. Tell us about that encounter. I remember sliding the contract across the counter to my dad and he saw the numbers and he said, I don't think this is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, God God bless us all as dads, right? (laughs) So I said, dad, I got a feeling there's just something about this and I'm going to, I really, this is a decision I need to make. And my dad was gracious Took him a while to come around, I think. Sure, uh, sure. But my dad was gracious and, and gave me his blessing. And Steve, that was, you know, 25-ish years ago. And the journey, you know, I fell continues. in love with the school. Yeah, the journey continues. And so what I didn't know is that, yeah, it, it did. It started off with a lot of uh, a lot of white faces, a lot of well-to-do families. Right. Um, with the Lord, like he did in all each of both of our lives, he had another design and he, he designs organizations and he's a creator. Right. He's always creating and he has redefined Phoenix Christian to match a passion and a, and a coal that he started burning as an ember in my heart way back in 1994 when I started as an Clint- intern in the Clinton administration. Isn't that something? And so the glimpse that he gave you at the district when you were teaching that, that young boy about math is something that now is revealed more fully here in the heart of uh, of Phoenix and in the middle of your life and and not so insignificant along the way. He introduced you to your life partner, uh, your soul, your soulmate, if you will, and in Lisa. And uh, it's just incredible, isn't it, to have the retrospect to see how God would design things that are pleasing to Him and they're they're for His glory, but they're for our good, right? Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. I was teaching, teaching my heart out. You know, I am, I do work. And I need, to, I struggle with balance. I, I love working, but one of the kids went home and told his family at the dinner table, "There's this guy at school. He really needs to get married." Um, <laughs> and as it turns out, that young man's sister was my wife's best friend when she was in high school, and so sure. they said that family set us up on a blind date. 
And um, I took her out. Then I got to busy working. Didn't call her for three months after that first date. Um, honestly, more because I was more nervous to call her back. And so I waited three months. But thank God I did call her back three months later. And then about a year later, a little over a year later, Lisa and I were married. And so we're, we're coming up on almost 20 years of marriage now. Well, congratulations. <laughs> and especially to Lisa, as, as my wife uh, can attest, it's a, it's a tall order for the two of them to live with uh, two guys like us. For sure. Were you more nervous when you went to the blind date or after you found out how awesome she was, the follow up to say, wow, she's so far out of my league. Now, what do I do? That's a great question. I was I, my my shirt was wet on the blind date. <laughs> well, there's then, something that tells me that if you have students that you've had in the classroom that are listening to this episode, they're cracking up right now at the gravy you might have been making uh, as your shirt was was sweaty in the in the pits because of that and and praise god that's that's the way god works you know beyond what we could ask for or imagine and that was one of those moments for you so uh, god bless you and and lisa and and praise god and to to him be the glory for your story for senator mcsally's story uh for the opportunity to know that he's always working he's always creating he's always in control and our role is to simply surrender uh, to him to seek his face constantly, consistently to humble ourselves and be obedient uh, with the things that he's put in front of us, not unlike Senator McSally or Queen Esther or Joseph, all of whom together with Jeff Blake have gotten a mention in this program. Jeff, we've got a little less than two minutes. Wrap us up with one cool thing that God's doing right now at PC. Hey, you know, we, we just celebrated pastor appreciation. We had uh, the coach of the Phoenix Suns on and he just same deal as Martha McSally. He just spilled out his faith. And there were students in that room listening to public figures that love Jesus Christ. And the school is committed to exposing, giving kids a daily encounter with the living God, with his eternal truth, and to letting them know they can be world changers like Senator McSally, Coach Williams of the Phoenix Suns, and to provide that opportunity all the way infant, all the way through 12th grade. And Steve, I just want to encourage if parents want to come learn more about Phoenix Christian on November the 17th, uh, 2020 from 4 to 7 p.m. We're going to have an open house here at Phoenix Christian introducing our now infant all the way through 12th grade. We're growing. We have just limited number of spaces left in our preschool program, but we want to provide an opportunity for families, for their kids to have an encounter, a daily encounter with God's truth, and they can pursue the abundant life um, through all life's up and downs, but, but to be locked in with their Savior and let that relationship define everything. Well, right on, Jeff. God continues to get glory and to use Phoenix Christian for 71 plus years now. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in. We want to thank 960 The Patriot. We want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Christian Preparatory School, and especially you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to The Beacon today. May God bless you and blow your mind with his faithfulness.